0: You're listening to the On The Go with VAO News Podcast for the week ending December 16th, 2016. Hello and welcome to the podcast, a weekly recap of the top headlines from the daily acquisition news.
1: Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Allison Cartwright, Daily News Writer. And I'm Brittany Shapiro with the VAO. The Fair Pay and Safe Workplaces saga continues on. As part of the Federal Acquisition Circular 2005-93, DOD, GSA, and NASA amended the FAR to issue an injunction against the August Final Rule implementing the 2014 Executive Order. As a refresher, the EO's requirements include that contracting officers consider a contractor's compliance with certain federal and state labor laws as part of the determination of contractor responsibility which must be undertaken before award of a contract. December 23rd is the deadline for any government appeal to the court injunction, but we suspect the anticipation of the incoming administration will likely impact that decision. Also, FAC 2005-93 implemented an executive order, and resulting Department of Labor final rule, establishing at least one hour of contract sick leave for every 30 hours worked, along with other associated provisions. The rule applies to solicitations issued after January 1st and any contracts derived from it. For existing contracts, contracting officers are told to Include the sick leave clause in bilateral modifications and extending the contract when such modifications are individually or cumulatively longer than six months. Also, are strongly encouraged to include the clause in existing indefinite delivery indefinite quantity IDIQ contracts when the remaining ordering period extends at least six months and the amount of work remaining or the number of orders is expected to be substantial.
0: Discount rates for 2017 that should be used in lease purchase and cost-effectiveness analyses are out. Office of Management and Budget Director Sean Donovan released the updated discount rates in a memorandum this week. Look at Appendix C of Revised Circular Number A-94 Guidelines and Discount Rates for Benefit Cost Analysis of Federal Programs for the Discount Rates in Effect for the 2017 calendar year. OMB's Donovan issued another memorandum with general guidance on federal high-value assets. The memo goes into detail about the procedure for handling HVAs, which involves planning by maintaining HVA inventory lists and, in regards to acquisition, engaging with third parties on their behalf to ensure appropriate contract clauses or legal agreements are in place. Identifying, categorizing, and prioritizing which assets are HVAs and the associated risk reporting up-to-date internal HVA lists, assessing to prepare HVA and ensure appropriate protections are in place, and establishing remediation plans that are
1: to be considered a priority. For those regular and reserve retired military members, the Department of Defense has issued an instruction that pertains to employment and reactivation. Based on the instruction, retired military members can be ordered to active duty if needed for national defense and will also be considered a last resort manpower source. Also, in case of war or any national emergency, directors of DoD-related agencies, like that of uh, Federal Emergency Management Agency, Selective Service System, or those that support the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, can choose retired military members to fill federal civilian positions. The instruction is effective immediately and it applies to military departments and all DoD components. President Obama says the federal civilian pay raise was not enough. So, now he's added half a percentage point to the 1.6% pay raise he initially announced for fiscal year 2017. This pay raise of 2.1% equals the one Congress just gave military personnel through FY 2017 National Defense Authorization Act.
0: The 2017 National Defense Authorization Act is also affecting the Air Force's request for proposals for its Joint Surveillance Target Attack Radar System replacement aircraft. It may not be released in 2016 due to NDAA's potential change in acquisition strategy to a firm fixed-price contract. The Air Force is evaluating different solutions like seeking a national security waiver from the Secretary of Defense or using a hybrid contract approach. The Air Force has been delaying the RFP since September after attempts to convince the House and Senate Armed Services Committee to remove the fixed-price requirements in the NDAA were futile. The department is saying that the continued RFP delay could postpone initial operational capability by approximately one year. GSA issued a request for information asking about reopening Multiple Award Schedule 75, Office Products and Supplies, to new offers in FY 2017. Feedback received will be considered in the agency's acquisition decisions. A little more information regarding MAS 75, GSA says it will only accept future offers under a new enhanced special item number combining best-in-class features of the Federal Strategic Sourcing Initiative for Office Supply Solution. The Office of Management and Budget instructed agencies back in July that they should use Identity Protection Service blanket purchase agreements to protect from and mitigate data breaches. Now, OMB's Category Management Program Management Office has designated the General Services Administration's IPSBPA as best in class. In other words, good for government use to procure identity protection services, per the OMB guidance. The IPSBPA solution provides a pool of pre-approved and vetted contractors who can provide everything from consumer credit reports to identity
1: restoration services. A final rule from the National Aeronautics and Space Administration amends its Federal Acquisition Regulation Supplement, revising the voucher, submittal, and payment process for contractors under cost reimbursement contracts. The revisions ensure continued prompt payment to suppliers. Also, it removes an outdated NFS payment clause and its associated prescription. There are no changes in this final rule from the interim rule, and it's effective immediately. NASA also issued a final rule amending NFS to add a monthly reporting requirement for contractors that have custody of $10 million or more in agency-owned property, plant, and equipment. It also extended the annual report submission date from October 15 to October 31. This final rule is effective January 16.
0: NASA, NASA, NASA. It seems to be the marsha brady of federal agencies it has just been named the best place to work in government and for it specialists for the fifth year in a row by partnership for public service and deloitte consulting surveys polled federal employees on pay innovation and strategic management that were used to compile the list of best places to work the rest of the top five large agencies include the department of commerce Intelligence Community, State Department, and Department of Health and Human Services. Unfortunately, even with concerted efforts to improve employee satisfaction, Department of Homeland Security was ranked as the worst large agency to work at. The Departments of Veterans Affairs, Army, Treasury, and Air Force make the bottom five of the large agency list. And that's all for this week. If you're a government agency subscriber to the Virtual Acquisition Office website, you can read more about any of the headlines we covered on the same VAO page where you downloaded
1: this podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Tune in again Friday, December 23rd to catch up on all the latest developments from the Daily Acquisition News. See you then!